Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Bing bong 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 bong. Hello. It's a festival. It certainly is. That went for a long time, didn't it? <laughs> it was the second time. I'm still feeling weird, but it's let's soldier on. Let's do it. I am Claire Twenty, James Clement is here also. We are married and we recommend you things to watch, read, and listen to. And I'm really excited to be here. I have my little fiddly thing from my fiddle box. Very good. I've got the wheel. Mm-hmm, You've mm-hmm. got your drink. Have you opened it already? I've already drank, opened this oh, drink. Oh, you haven't opened it on the show. What no. is an, even is this podcast anymore? It's already the wheels are already coming off. For something, something the you wheels. also have a wheel or whatever. Now, James, mm-hmm. it is getting to that time of year. Oh, God. It's the most wonderful time uh, of the year. As yeah. you know, I love Christmas. I significantly have, I don't know if you've noticed this, usually the Christmas tree is up by like the 20th of November. It's still not out of the box. It's indicative of how much is going on Why would on it need to me. be out of the box though if it's like late November when we're recording this at least? Well, that's because technically it should be up by now. People put it up. They no. put it up after Thanksgiving goes, in the old we don't US have that. of A. It goes up in December. I know, but usually, James, I like to eke as much Christmas rose as possible and I put it up No, early. what you're doing is you're making Christmas worse by making it go for longer. All Christmas right. should be short and sharp. It I, should go for four <laughs> hours on Christmas Day and everybody packs everything All in right. a little bin. All I'm saying is I'm really struggling to find Christmas joy because I've been absorbed by other things. Usually I hyper-focus on Christmas. I don't know if you've noticed that. No, I've noticed. <laughs> but this year I've got no Christmas shush. I'm not even hosting Christmas. One year we hosted both our families here back that, to back. That was the worst <laughs> thing that's ever happened. Was that last year or a year before? It was the year before. That's how much I love we Christmas. We had a newborn that year. I haven't even listened to a Christmas carol. I go to the shops, I get shocked that there are Christmas carols and it's almost December. I get shocked because time and space has ceased to be relevant for me because I'm deep in making music videos. You know what I like about uh, what I've done to make Christmas more bearable for myself? I yes. do like the day as well. I like everybody getting together, I like the food and the presents and the family yes, and whatever, yes. et cetera. Blah, fuck, you know, all that shit. Really lovely. Oh, but geez. I like now that I tell our son and we'll say that our daughter, if you've got kids in the car, don't worry, no Santa spoilers, that, that there's some presents from Santa, there's some from us. And I'm very clear. That like this 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 one is from us. The good one. We did this. <laughs> Not Santa. This was me. Okay. So last <laughs> year I didn't ever publish it, but I wrote an article about a massive rant I had about Santa and how misogynistic it is. Oh, and about all that... of the women for all of the years who have done all of the work at Christmas and then who takes the credit? An old fat dude. Absolutely. Who doesn't... It's no, like... stop. Oh, you can't say that. <gasps> You have to bleep that, Collings, because of Christmas oh. spoilers. Uh, but yeah, I understand that you, you have somebody else takes credit for for your for your Christmas. The Christmas yeah, day. it's just the ultimate in patriarchy. Mm. Like honestly, it's so insane. And what I find really great is that because you also buy the presents, because in a lot of structures traditionally women have been doing it. Sure. Other than obviously Santa, who is definitely real. You like, but because we share it now, you're like. 
No, as if I'm letting some other guy take the credit. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Which is actually incredibly logical and it's so strange. It's so strange to me, except it's not when you think about the history of patriarchy <laughs> and all the unseen work that women have been doing. I know. And, look, I'm all for, it, like, a fun thing and a bit of magic Me and all too. That. You I'm know how much that. I love magic and Christmas. Yeah, I know, I know. I completely agree. I know, agree. except I've lost it at the moment because, it, uh, to me, time is not a thing at the moment. It's very strange. You need to be visited by a ghost who's like, <laughs> stop it. The ghost is like, I be nice. I looking at me like, why haven't you put up the Christmas tree yet? Because it's not December. That's why. No, but you don't understand. Usually I am the first in the house to get there and I just can't find it. I've lost I've lost my Christmas something anywhere. I'm not wow. even looking forward to the duet that we're going to be doing, oh. surely. Not on this episode. Don't worry, everyone. But it will be coming. It's a coming. It's in the Bruin. Is it actually a duet, a duet or are you going to take a regular Christmas song and split I'm the I'm not lyrics? telling you. That was the deal we made last time that I wouldn't make you do maybe I'll, except maybe for one a year. I'll do the Christmas song when you read the book that you're supposed to be reading. Oh, yeah. that was ha- That's happening. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It'll happen. As I said, time is a construct. Project. It's not a construct though, is Look, it? Look, I'm very Somebody tired. Somebody left a review. Uh, I can, I'll, I'll read it out tired. today. I'm very tired and semi also potentially of now a film star. So, yeah. you know, I'm busy. Anyway, the point is time is not a construct. It's like a thing that, that happened. It's not like, it's not imagined. Like time moves forward. I know. I know. It's just for me, it like suspends. I can't explain it other than that it like suspends when I'm really like deep into something. Great. Which I currently am. I have to say, James. Yeah. I don't think you've been excited enough by the fact that I am in a music video. What? Yeah. What What do you want me to do? What do you want? I want a celebration. You can celebrate however you I want. I want you to say gorgeous. <laughs> That's what I want you to say. I want you to say gorgeous. No, I'm not going to say gorgeous. it. Gorgeous. I'm not going to say it. You are a goddamn star. Well done. <laughs> no, that is, you're too early. You've jumped the gun. When, should I say, if that happens, then I will congratulate you, but not before. And I, I like to feel I've been very supportive and very complimentary. You come at me with this. doesn't mean anything if I say it now either. I know. What's funny to me is that you've spent the whole year while I've been making this music being like, I'm so proud of you. And every time you say I'm so proud, I'm like, you don't even mean it. Exactly. And now you're like, say this. <laughs> so no, I'm not going to say it. Anyway, we should do our recommendations. I know we should. I just want to say about. this one last thing. I, there's some content if you're interested on my Instagram about yeah, the behind like, the like scenes. six minutes into this. I know. And Collings has been doing a wonderful job. He's editing together some footage behind the scenes My God. for me. Anyway, there's a little bit of footage and I wanted you to look at it and be like, damn, you look great, Claire. <laughs> This is, I'm such an egomaniac at the moment. I am, I'm a narcissist, I'm a genuine narcissist at the moment. It's awful because all I'm doing is like thinking about the thing that I've made and thinking about all the things I have to make for it. Anyway, and then I wanted, I just showed it to you and you were like, yeah, it's you with the camera panning around. it's good. And I think I was like, where's my gorgeous, gorgeous, you've done well. I'll do it when you least expect it. (laughs) Then I'll fall over. At your funeral. (laughs) I'll be like, you know what? She was gorgeous <laughs> in hindsight. Probably should have told her that. Yeah, what are you anyway, doing? Anyway, enough, Collins. You can edit out some of this. Um, anyway, let's move on to the actual things we're doing for this show, wow. which is recommendations. Would you like to go first or is it my No, we, should, we, we can talk about the White Lotus together. Shall we do that first? Yeah, let's All right, it. let's jump in. Jumpity, jumpity, jumpity. Are those your notes? Yes, don't don't judge me. I don't know why, but when I was copying and pasting things, it all just went bold and underlined. 
I don't have Do you time to fix it. you know how to fix it? it? I can fix it for you. I don't need it. It's fine. Let's just move on. <laughs> this is how fast I'm doing things at the moment. It's quite terrifying. You highlight everything speed. and you right-click it and you go clear formatting. All right. Yep. Anyway, let's move on. So the White Lotus, as you may remember if you watched the previous one, was set in Hawaii. It is a TV show on Binge. Season one um, saw them in a beautiful hotel, which we had actually been to. It's true. Humble and brag. Horrible much. rich people on holiday and things go horribly wrong mm-hmm. and it's fascinating. Yeah. Not really. Not horribly wrong for like most of them. Most of them are just rich and they walk away. Yeah, actually, that's true. Just oh, hor- I meant horribly wrong on like a broader level, like sure. for particular characters. Some things went really. Probably the nicest characters seemed to. Yeah, that's come well, off the poorer characters. Yes, that Correct. is certainly other. Exactly, things, yeah. it was also very uncomfortable because it also makes you feel awful about staying in places like that. Yeah, too, which we did. <laughs> we stayed at the Four Seasons what, for one night. For one night for a wedding trip, yeah. we stayed there for one night. It was really good, but it was really amazing. Anyway, so that was in Hawaii and it was a smash hit success. Now, season two, The White Lotus has been out for a little while now mm. with a mostly new cast of detestable and compelling characters. <gasps> mm. So the one returning character is Jennifer Coolidge, right. um, the actor. She plays Tanya McQuad Hunt um, and she is newly wed to Greg Hunt, who is played by another returning character. Mm, John Grease. Mm. Yeah, so they're actually, that's true. They're the two Richard He's from characters. Napoleon Dynamite. I knew I knew he was from somewhere. Yeah. Gosh, that's awful to watch, isn't Napoleon it? Napoleon Dynamite. No. Oh, they're a, that's a great <laughs> Their movie. relationship. I mean, Jennifer Coolidge yeah. is hilarious. She's but... so hilarious and self-absorbed. She plays that so, there's a moment, and I don't even know what episode it's in, where her assistant, who she's dragged on this trip, when her husband wants to leave her, you know, because he's awful and she's awful and whatever, and her assistant finally opens up about how she's feeling about whatever and this and that and, the, you know, the guy that she likes or, you know, she's having problems with and she just, like, looks at her deadpan and then just completely continues with what she was thinking. <laughs> and it's just, like, so beautifully timed and just, like, a perfect encapsulation of this person who just doesn't see other people, like, at all. Yeah, completely. And you also feel bad for her because she's clearly, like, lonely and and sad. Yeah, and trying and sort of weirdly, like, not completely with it but occasionally says something quite insightful and then – yeah, she's also sort of awkward. She's clearly had a bad life. Yeah, like, and, the money and her and... husband, her new husband is horrible to her yeah. and doesn't really like her, it seems. Well, I don't like her, but yeah. No, I don't like her either. <laughs> I really like her personal assistant, Portia, is played yeah. by Hayley Lou Richardson. Yeah, she's great, yeah. She's really funny. Um, and I, I also kind of like how dramatic she is about her circumstances when actually it's not that bad I either. know, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like she's just, she's like on the phone to someone crying about the fact that her boss is making her stay in her beautiful hotel room. And yeah. it's like, mm, people have real problems. But also, everything's relative. Exactly. So, yeah, she's really great. So, also on this beautiful Sicilian holiday are Harper and Ethan Spiller, Daphne and Cameron Sullivan. And they're, I guess, what you'd call the couples holiday. Yes. So, they're two couples on holiday together, and they're two very different couples. So, Harper played are by. They, though? Yeah, Interesting. Mm. Let's get to that. I'll just say who they're played by and then you can tell me what you mean by that. So Harper is played by Aubrey Plaza, who we would remember from. Parks and Rec and a million others. Last week week before I talked about um, 
What's that movie that I watched her with that I really oh, liked? Oh, you said she was brilliant. Emily the Criminal, really yes, good stuff. Yeah, yeah excellent. She's great. Um, mm. And Ethan is her partner played by Will Sharp and yeah. they appear to be quite disconnected mm. and she's um, a really high-flying corporate lawyer, I think. Something like Something that. Something yeah, like I can't that. Remember. Um, and he runs some kind of incredible startup. So they're very yeah. sort of. He ba- he, they, which he sold recently and made like infinite money. Correct. Yeah, mm. exactly. Anyway, so he's invited his friends, um, Cameron, played by Theo James, yes. um, who is kind of like his obnoxious college roommate. He was recently in The Time Traveler's Wife, the series. Oh, oh, there you go. And incredibly kind of handsome and whatever. And apparently on the surface appears to have a picture-perfect life, <clears throat> married to a kind of Stepford sort of woman in Daphne, um, played by Megan Fahey. She's from... Um, um, that's what you like. Uh, yes, what's that match? They're like, we're 20-somethings. And... Oh, I love that show. Yeah. And it, they're a, they work for a magazine yeah. and it's really excellent. I love that show. Yeah, she's really great too in this. Yeah, she is. She's... She might be like one of the characters that is actually like the bold type she's in. Ah, oh, yes, the bold type. Which finished, by the way, finished in 2021. But she, oh, this is still going, I don't know. I, I, what I like about the show is they, you, you think a certain way about a character and then they'll kind of flip it. And she's one yeah. of the characters where you're like, this person sucks, and then it like oh, not entirely, maybe, but maybe, <laughs> but like less than you think, maybe, yeah, because of the situation, and there's more going on there than you'd initially imagine, yeah, yeah, because on the surface in the first episode they set it up as she's quite vapid and doesn't mm. watch the news and just watches reality TV and is sort of just. But also beautiful. they've got like a bunch of charitable foundations and whatever that they, I know, which is also probably a tax dodge and whatever. And there's that element of it, but then you find more about her life and her relationship and whatever. And mm. how she doesn't really have that many friends or whatever and all this kind of thing. And it's, it becomes, yeah, something that's with else. all of the characters. There's, there's a hidden layer of normally something more terrible. And then something you're like, Oh, okay. I get that. You I know, get I, why yeah. you are the way you are. Mm. Yeah, which is really yeah, which is interesting. And it's like the flip side of the Aubrey Plaza character because when you meet her initially, she's like, "Oh, their marriage is fake and whatever," and you know, and you know, well, I'm a better person or whatever. Which she does. She pretty much basically says, "Yeah," because like, I care about things and politics and whatever. And I feel like, you know, that's something that I could definitely relate to. Of like, well, I I I learn about a thing and look at me now. Yeah, and aren't I so much more yeah. like superior to you because I know so much more or whatever? Yeah, when yeah. I don't know a goddamn thing, but. Uh, <laughs> No one does. That doesn't change your life. Exactly. But then you find out, but like that is also a form of like judgment and feeling like she's saying, well, she thinks she's better than everybody else. But it's like, no, you think you're better than her for for your own reasons, you know, and they, they kind of flip it. And it's like you take joy out of maybe discovering that some of their marriage isn't as good as it comes across. And it's like, well, that's mean also, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. And and there's that whole idea of just being stuck in judgment. Yeah. Where I think a lot of people do do that when they're sort of either for whatever reason dealing with their own stuff or unable to face certain things, they get stuck in that just kind of gossip about yeah. other people's lives. Definitely. And, and it's such a it's such a horrible spiral to fall down. Totally. In. And there is like that and it's and it, it's pretty interesting stuff, you know, when that happens in the show, but also, you know, real life as well. You know, and I think it yeah, is, and, exactly. and I, I don't, I probably like other people, I find it interesting when it's like you think some, somebody's perfect or something's perfect and whatever, and then there's like, oh, there's an element of that which which isn't, or maybe not not like a glee, but like, oh, that makes me feel better though, you know, that, yeah, that I'm not that the a only normal one person also. Dealing with fragile, fragilities yeah. and everything. And like, everybody yeah. is, so that's not like. 
Yeah. Yeah. And you remind, you're good at reminding me of that too as well. Also, you have a really good way of talking to me about how you shouldn't be comparing yourself to other people mm. and that you just stay in your lane and you do the stay work. Stay in your lane. <laughs> I didn't mean like that. I just meant as in you you stay working on what you're working on. Yeah. And don't worry about what other people are doing. Good for them. Celebrate them. But like... Don't be comparing or like yourself. Ignore or it. ignore it. There's a lot of people that like who do what I do, but like way better and like way more successful and whatever. And I'm just like I just don't look at it because it's not it's not useful to me. Yeah, you know. So yeah. it's like eh. you just have to kind of just focus on the work. I always yeah. go back to that Barack get, Obama saying, yeah. "Focus on the work." If you get caught up in what other people are doing, then you're just doing a version of what they're doing, I guess. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah exactly. And I do think that with a lot of other things as well, in terms of not just career but also like life choices and where people are at with their families or partners or any of that kind of stuff. I think if we get too stuck in comparing ourselves to the perfect relationship or the perfect kids or why can't my kids be this particular way or why can't my partner be that particular way, you're absolutely right. Everyone's lives are different on the outside to what they are in the inside and people are struggling in all kinds of different ways. And even if they're not... Well, it doesn't help. It doesn't change anything in your life to just sort of. No, absolutely not. And the thing know. is, as well, if you're comparing yourself or being jealous of other person and whatever, they're not thinking about you. <laughs> so no. it's like wasted. Why bother? Yeah. yeah. You know? I really have to remember that sometimes. I think, particularly with women in the industry that I'm in now, who I really admire. Yeah. I know for a fact that they don't. Not even notice what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> but I, think, I, I, but I sort of have this weird tip on my shoulder. Where I really want to impress people. I totally, I, I get that. But I think you do, and but you can do that from just doing your work, and that's when people yeah. notice. You know. Yeah, yeah, and I guess also as I'm discovering now, it's just really interesting because I remember when I started just make the thing, I hadn't made anything. Yeah. Other than when I was working with in teaching. And Ira Glass has that saying that it takes a really long time to make something good Mm. and you just have to keep making the thing in order to do that. And even now looking back over the things that we've made together over this amount of time, Mm. you do just have to keep trying (laughs) and going and you get incrementally a little bit better. Absolutely. Even though it's not amazing, it's like the only way through it. I mean some people are lucky enough to just be able to be instantly good at something but usually it's just the chipping away. Yeah, I mean sometimes but most people aren't, you know. And I, what one of the things that I like about myself and you also is that I'm not really good at anything. That's <laughs> I totally disagree no, with no, no, that. No, 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 that's fine. And I'm still and you as well. I'm bringing you into this. <laughs> no, that like I know how I know my limits, but not in a bad way. So I know that like I'm not naturally gifted at anything. So if I want to do something, I have to work mm. at it, which is annoying, but it also means that like I have to, like I don't think I'm like natural, I don't naturally like remember things or I'm, I don't think I'm naturally funny. I don't think I'm any of these. I would totally um, disagree with yeah, that. Fine, but, yeah, fine. But that's also like years of like listening to stuff and reading stuff and watching stuff, do you know what I mean, and hanging yeah. out with people. It's all of that. Like, but And it's, it's the same with even like exercise. Like I'm not... I'm not naturally like athletic, but I just do it every day because it's just like, yeah, well, I, I just have to do it, don't I? You know, and I'm, I get a little bit better or older every day or the slog. You know, yeah, I yeah, know. yeah. But I think it's the same with like the music and stuff that you're doing, like because you've been working at it and you've been shipping away at it like every day, and not just recently, like in a long term. Anyway, what's this show about? Yeah, that's true. Anyway, we go <laughs> back to the White Lotus. <laughs> 
I do think there's something in that though, that little bit every day. But for me, I also realised sometimes we're self-limiting. And for yeah, me, with yeah. music, I've, I the messages I told myself was that I'm I'm not very good at it. I will never be very good at it, so give up on it. And I think <laughs> basically or just pack it away because yeah. like so many people in my life that I've known now for like 10 years are really surprised by the fact I'm doing music, mm. which is so strange to me because I thought it was such a huge part of my identity. But then why wouldn't it be strange to them because I haven't done anything for like for 15 years. years. Yeah. But like when we met, I was doing heaps Yeah, absolutely. Music. You're doing heaps of stuff like musical theatre and stuff. Yeah, and it's all that weird. Stuff, yeah. It's like I packed it away. Yeah. Anyway, I guess what I'm trying to say is that it was it was still there in the back of my head. Yeah, totally. But I just, I also was self-limiting. Mm. So I had to dismantle all of that self-talk yeah. and stop putting barriers up for myself, which is the other part of it. Anyway, back to the terrible rich people at White Lotus. Let's do so, it. Um, so other than those two couples, then we move on. There's the boy troop with Bert, Dominic and Albie de Grasso. There's nothing like a bit of generational animosity to spice things up on a family holiday. Ooh. Three generations of de Grasso men, grandfather, father and son, have checked into the White Lotus with a plan to reconnect with their Sicilian roots, but it's clear each is preoccupied with their preoccupied, own yeah. issues. So Dominic, played by Michael Imperioli, Imperioli? Imperioli, yeah. has been turfed out by his wife after a string of affairs. His son, Albie, played by Adam DeMarco, only agreed to join his father on holiday because he's a self-confessed peacemaker. Mm-hmm. And Dominic's smarmy father, Bert, played by F. Murray Abraham, is trying and failing to come to grips with getting older. And he's kind of like that old guy who keeps hitting on all of the young women and clearly yeah. has was very charismatic back in the day. His son's um, from, you haven't seen it, but The Sopranos. He's, what's the guy's name in? The Sopranos. Oh. He's, really, well, he's kind of just disappeared for you. Michael Imperioli, yeah. I knew he looked no, super familiar. Sorry, his na- no, his name's Christopher. That's not his name. That's his name in the show. Um, yeah, no, sorry. That is his name. His name's yes, Christopher he's in Ma- the show. So, yeah. Yeah, but he's, his name's Dominic in the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, Played by in, Michael Imperioli. Yeah, his name's Christopher in The Sopranos. Oh, all right. Point. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I knew yeah. he looked familiar. Yeah. Yeah, those, that's kind of an interesting dynamic between the three of them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's also interesting. I feel like the son is also like, he's supposed to be like the nicer one of the three, but you see that like the influence of his grandparents and like expectations of how he treats other people and women in particular is you see that kind of come through. Yeah. He's, like, he's got that nice guy thing where it's like, it's not really a nice guy, but it's like, why don't women want to date like a nice guy like me? And it's like, well, because you're not a nice guy. Like that's a, like a facade. Maybe. Yeah, it's yeah. so interesting, isn't mm. it? It's like what you were saying. They do a really great job of setting up the character for you to think that he is at the beginning. You think yeah. he's this really sweet, innocent, I didn't, I didn't like likeable him, but yeah. guy. But <laughs> <laughs> he's cleaner. I actually felt really heartbroken in a lot of ways for Dominic, that mm. character. Yeah. Even though obviously he's horrible and he clearly treated his wife. Like the phone call he makes to yeah. his wife when he's really lonely in the hotel room and she's just calling him a just yeah. screaming at him down the phone. Mm. It's really heartbreaking. I love it. <laughs> anyway, yet again, it's interesting, isn't it? They are exploring that idea that just because you're rich doesn't mean that you're happy. That's right. But I tell you what, it's easier when you got a bunch of money than no money. <laughs> yes, I a thousand percent would agree with that. Mm. Um, what do you think of the new Armand, who is kind of like what is it, the concierge or the host? I like manager? her. Yeah, I think it's ta- I think it's taken too long to get to where you are with her, though. Mm. I think yeah, um, I in the more recent episodes, they've actually explored like this person more, and because up until this point, it's just kind of like 
She just seems angry and upset. Yeah, she's just constantly yeah. stomping around in a suit. And it's and there's nothing like and there's no really given reason for it. So I think if there was one thing that I guess a criticism is, yeah, bring a whole lot of that up because you're finding out more of her personality as well at this point. Yeah, because yeah, her name's Valentina. I like her, like, as an actor. I think she, I and, do too, and yeah. Sabrina Impacciatore Yeah, because yeah, there's name. a bunch, because it's set in Sicily. Sicily, uh, yeah, there's a bunch of Italian actors in it as well, mm. uh, which are, who, who are all great, yeah. Yeah, completely. I agree. It just is too, it takes too long. And whereas Armand in the first season, I felt like immediately you felt like he was a really complex you character. You got a sense of him like straight like away. Like straight yeah. away, mm. yeah. Whereas this is taking a bit, uh, just like the disgruntled, angry vibe yeah. is kind of, I don't know, predictable or something. I don't mm. know. Or a bit, I'm just not quite sure why. So, yeah, seeing the later episodes. I agree with you. And there's also the locals played by Simona Tabasco who plays Lucia who is an escort who finds herself entangled with Michael Imperioli's Dominic and then mm. her friend Mia played by Beatrix Grano um, who has grand plans to become a musician but often mm. finds herself led astray by Lucia's promise of easy money. Yeah. Mm, yeah, exactly. And Lucia obviously uh, sleeps with Michael's, like what's his name? Dominic. In Michael the very Imperioli. first, yeah, yes, in the very first mm. episode. So overall, what do you think? Do you think that it is as good as season one? I mean, I, maybe not, but it's also it's not the end yet. So mm, I don't true. know. Mm. I think it's definitely like it's very compelling, and I think yeah, it is missing a few of the key elements of the first series, and I mean in particular. Um, the guy who ran the Armand. Armand. <laughs> yeah, because he's, he's like, played by that Australian he's actor. So he's good so in that. good. Uh, and what did we see him in very recently? Chippendales. Chippendales. Which I, I want to talk about another week. There's only been a couple I, episodes. I know. I want to watch, I wanna watch yeah, another episode it's, of that. I'm, that's a, but at the moment I'm really enjoying it and we'll see. Yeah, I really, but, um, I really enjoyed that too. Yeah. Mm, he's great. But, no, I do enjoy it and I love the setting and just the pettiness and – like they're surrounded by like wealth and opulence in like one of the most beautiful places in the world, but it doesn't really mean anything. Like to they're them, always yeah. going to see things and having these amazing breakfasts and, you know, and it's always like beautiful music and people bringing them things and all this stuff. But it's just that's – it's kind of like in the, in the same way that Succession well, – Succession probably leans into this more so where they're surrounded by all this wealth, but it doesn't doesn't mean anything. And Succession does it more in the sense of like it makes wealth look boring – and like yeah. tacky and just and just mundane because that's what it is to people who have that kind much of money. level of wealth. Yeah, yeah. where well, this is more it does lean into like the setting more and like you get a sense of like oh this is how a incredibly beautiful, place. beautiful it is. Yeah, yeah. we visited. I don't know how how far south did we go? The oh, Amalfi goodness. Coast, maybe. We did. We went to the Amalfi Coast. Mm. Um, we didn't get to Sicily Naples, though, yeah. but we went to Naples, which is such a terrible. <laughs> When we were there, it was just everyone was yelling was at each strike. other. But apparently there's always a garbage strike. Yeah, it was just I, I saw a mini person leaning out of a like one of those tiny little cars yelling at a bus driver who was also stopped because they'd wedged, they'd each wedged themselves each together other, yeah. around a roundabout. Yeah. We saw a dog kind of like sitting underneath a pile of oh, garbage. I saw the ugliest dog I've ever seen and I got a photo. You did and um, it genuinely is. It's had like teeth and it was it was yeah. very strange looking dog. I have to say the pizza was delicious though. Pizza's exceptional. But everybody I know who's like 
from Italy or his family from Italy, even like from that area, are like, I fucking hate Naples. <laughs> so <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. But, it, so but if you and leave we... the like the centre of Naples, then it's very quickly yeah. like changes. Totally. Do you the... remember that we went to the Amalfi Coast? It's all corrupt Coast. as well. Yeah. That's why it's the And then we got way. back to Naples and we had to go back early and we missed Pompeii because we got food, got food poisoning. poisoning. Yeah, uh, do I remember that? Yes, I <laughs> and do. And then you carried our bags like up six flights of stairs yeah, and we no, were so worked. sick and yeah. we had to like stay in this tiny flat the middle of Naples. Yes, I do remember yelling. that. I do remember having <laughs> no like money vomited. and being food poisoned on the other side of the world. Yes, Claire, I remember. <laughs> do you remember when we came out of it? This is not an ad for McDonald's, but the only thing that we felt like we could eat was McDonald's. Yeah. Because, and that is actually something I will say about Macca's. It is the same. It's like I know it's different, yeah. but there is something so comforting and also yeah. kind of strange, but just going like, somewhere. Just give me a cheeseburger. Or yeah, because you also yeah. just feel like it's just. I want safe something that something. I know. Yeah, familiar. Yeah. Exactly. That's what I wanted when I was pregnant. Was like a cheeseburger because mm. it's so familiar. Shall we move on? Let's move it along. Let's move it along. I give it four out of five stars. How many stars do you give it, Claire? Oh, look, I don't... We don't rate shows, Claire. For being <laughs> ridiculous. I will say I'm not enjoying it as much as season yeah, one. Yeah, fair enough. I'm just I'm not as into it, and I don't know what that is. Why that is, but. I think it's also like season one was really like out of the blue and had this unique cast of characters. Yeah. Uh, and, it, you know, it just kind of – it's one of those things, you know, it's just, it's a difficult like follow-up album or whatever, also, which you will experience soon. Correct. Where it's, uh, <laughs> you know, you put all your ideas into the first one and then, yeah. you know, you got to turn something out for the second and especially in like – it's only been a couple of years since yeah. the last season. But, no, I do enjoy it. I do like you know, it. actually, I'm realising why I'm not enjoying it as much. I just love Connie Britton. I yeah. love her. Oh, yeah, she was in that. And she's so Steve great. Steve Zahn, Sydney yeah. Sweeney was in it. I just feel like I just really loved that particular yeah. range of actors and the group together. But I like this these range of actors as well. Like I think oh, I do too. Really I think they're excellent. Interesting cast. I know. I think maybe, yeah, I don't know. Maybe also because we stayed at the Four Seasons, part of me was just like, oh, I remember that pool. Ooh. <laughs> oh, remember that one night that we stayed in a fancy place? Ooh. Um, anyway. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. All right, moving along. Do you have something to recommend? I do. I'm going to recommend, Claire, a little show called Interview with This Vampire. Oh. Interview with the Vampire. Oh, isn't that old? Claire, it's from 1976, the books. Yes. The series of books that began then, uh, of course, the work of Anne Rice. Now, there were two movies based off the Interview with the Vampire series. Uh-huh. There was Interview with the Vampire with uh-huh. one Thomas Mopother Cruz and Bradley Pitt. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, and uh, Kirsten Dunst. Mm-hmm. And then there was a 2002 sequel starring Stuart Townsend, which was called Queen of the Damned, where Lestat went from a Tom Cruise-looking 18th century dandy-looking dude or whatever to like a to a, to a goth emo-like 2000s-era Punk kind of emo <laughs> guy. It's terrible, apparently. It's I think so it was year two thousand. Yeah, uh, it was filmed like in Australia. That one as well. Oh. Anyways, but this is like a reboot with a number of tweaks, right? So it's uh-huh. created by uh, Roland Jones. It stars Jacob Anderson, uh, who you might know as Grey Worm from Game of Thrones. Ah, uh, yes, 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 yes. He is 
which one is he? He's Louis. Sam Reed, who plays Lestat, who was, I think, the Tom Cruise character. He was in the newsreader. He's the main newsreader guy in the newsreader, the Australian one. Ah, yes, yes. Uh, and also stars uh, Eric Bogusian, who is a, um, did I state that his name? I don't know. I don't know. I love how when you're never sure, your your voice always goes really high. I don't know know what's going on. Yeah, that's so sad. Bring a sign. Yeah, this guy. You've probably seen him in things. Let me. Oh yes, yes, I've seen him in things. He plays the guy who's doing the interview with the vampire, and Bailey Bass plays a 14 year old girl who's turned into a vampire. But if you turn into a vampire when you're 14, guess what? What? You stay 14. Because oh, wowza. of uh, immortality. Anyway, oh, in the year 2022. I, God, I would hate that. I hated being 14. And your mind changes as well. Oh, but you're in this 14-year-old yeah, body. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, God, that's awful. Pimples and periods and oh. No, you clear, that all clears up when you're a vampire. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, actually, maybe I'm – you don't get like you don't get any of that stuff? You'd want to be at least 16. In the year 2022, the vampire Louis lives in Dubai and seeks to tell the story of his life or afterlife – to renowned journalist Dan, Daniel Malloy. Now, it's also the premise of this one is that the, they did an original interview with a vampire in the 70s and it went poorly. So he's called this guy back who's now in old age to do a second interview. Ah, okay. So it's sort of a sequel to the first one but not really. Hang on. Do you mean the vampire is old or the interviewer the, is old? The, the vampire looks exactly the same. That's what he I was going to say. Like the interviewer is now like in his like 60s or 70s. Ah, okay. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. That's what I thought. So beginning yeah. in the early 20th century in New Orleans, uh, Louis Farr. Sorry, New Orleans. Fa- that's right. Which is a great st- setting for this story. Fa- follows his relationship with the vampire Lestat and their fo- uh, formed family including the teen – uh, fledgling Claudia, together the vampire family in, endures immortality in New Orleans and beyond. So as mentioned, uh, the, 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 there's a number of things that like the 1994 one, which I haven't seen, people like and don't like. One of the thing is that there's a lot of like subtext about like the, the gay relationship between those two main vampires uh-huh. and this just – leans 100% into that. They are as gay as the day is long, Claire. Or at the very <laughs> least on like the, the, the spectrum of sexuality is like they're, they're just loving life and loving each other, right? But it's also a toxic relationship because one bit the other and changed them into a vampire so they can kind of hang out together and, you know, it's oh, – so there's that, that dynamic of it. And Louis now, uh, who was I think white in pretty much every incarnation, is now a black Creole man. So he's in this era and he's also running like a business in New Orleans but people don't – necessarily take him seriously you know and he's learned to play the game and he's like he's he he does very well but he also feels like that he isn't treated with you know the amount of respect which he's sort of some uh of somebody like him which is true so their lifestyle which people kind of see you know they realize that maybe there's something going on with these two guys and they realize that you know and they don't like the fact that you know one of them is a black guy and so and they also notice that to a point everyone in the town realises that these guys aren't ageing and they're doing weird things. And while this is happening, there's this backdrop of they pretty much have to murder somebody every day to drink their blood. Wow. And it is incredibly gory. But it's also the gore and the murders are done in such a flippant way that you don't really, you know, like it's, it's, it's more kind of fun and like just a quick throwaway thing. Like they'll see somebody walk past and be like, oh, just give me a second. And they'll just grab somebody and like, drain them of their blood and then just dump the body or whatever. But it's just done like it's done just like, like tennis or whatever. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't mean anything. Um but there's seven episodes. The first series is complete. It's on uh, AMC in Australia. It's on Prime Plus through AMC. It's a whole it's a whole thing. 
But um, I really enjoyed it. Like I thought it was, I like the theatricality of it and the costuming and all the different accents and just hearing like the stories about what it would like to, what's it like to be an immortal person in a certain era and then, you know, growing into another era and all of that. Uh, anyways, is there something on your phone, Claire, that is distracting you? No, I'm just reading about the uh, the suggestible email that I have next, which I'm so excited about. <laughs> you are rocking back and forth. I'm so excited to share it with you. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm listening to your intro. No, you weren't. You didn't look at me for 10 minutes. They were eating the vampire, the bodies, and like discarding them in the street like they were nothing. I heard you. You Where is it on? Where is it on? Amazon Prime. Yes. (laughs) I bloody guessed that. (laughs) Actually, I didn't. It's the spider in the back of my head. Yeah, you knew. I knew. The spider in the back of my head. Anyway, I like it. And it's, I, I, uh, I'll definitely tune into the next season. Okay. I like the idea of like he's telling this story from the modern day mm. and he's like this fancy vampire living in Dubai, which is like the worst place for a vampire it is to so, be. That's what I mean. I find that yeah. really cool. Like, an well, it's like what is somebody with like infinite money and like, you know, what do you, what do, you do, you know? You buy a weird building in Dubai and, you know, and, and, yeah. and whatever and all the windows are tinted so they're not getting, he's not getting blasted with. With sunlight, sunlight, but it's also a different, you know, you can get away with changing your identity and moving around when it's the, mm. you know, when it's before technology, but then it comes to the modern day and there's, that becomes harder, harder, harder which they yeah. haven't really leaned into that much to be fair. But no, again, like I, I haven't, I haven't seen any of the interview, the vampire stuff. I haven't read any of it. I don't, I don't know the movie like at all, aside from like seeing Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt in wigs, <laughs> Tom Cruise is wearing little heels because he's. He's a little man. Um, Doesn't no. he secretly wear heels and everything? Not secretly. They get, you get those shoes. They're like um, yeah, talls. Yeah, they Is look that what like they it looks like a regular sole, but there's like the inside uh. of it. There's like a big, thick, like wedge <laughs> in the runner. Wonder if he was wearing them when he was riding that plane in that video you showed me. You showed me. Well, that? maybe. What I thought was interesting <laughs> about the new Top Gun is, and I mentioned that when we talked about it. In the original Top Gun, like he's small. He's like a little guy. Yeah. But then in a lot of the other things since. They kind of cast Little. to his size or he's standing on a box or whatever or people who aren't wearing shoes. But then in the new Top Gun, they just went back to him being like a little guy. Yeah. Like which I thought was like, oh, that's cool. Like they, did, they were like he grew. Like, he grew <laughs> between movies. Do you know what though? I think it. I, I don't know, call me crazy, but I kind of just like that he's a little guy. I like it too. I think they should just let him be little. The expression is short king, Claire. I know. We've done a whole episode on short kings before. <laughs> I know, James. I know. I'm all here for it. Absolutely. I love a short king. I know you do. (laughs) But I'm probably taller than Tom Tom Cruise, Claire, I'll tell you that much. Well, I don't know that for a fact. Not with heels on. Yeah, we don't know. We don't know for sure. Anyway, Claire, did you know you can review the show? Certainly didn't. You can do it in app. Well, you should. You can do it in app. It's as easy as as anything. This one is from Monkery42, who's given us five stars. I don't know. And they said, sex. Now that I have your attention. Holy. Great pod. Reminds me of conversations I have with my wife. Oh. Though less often, though when we have the conversation, she doesn't stare at her phone the whole time. Wow. Oh, what? That's what this person okay, has said. Okay, I very rarely stare even... at my phone. <laughs> I was look, I'm looking up that you will enjoy this email. And this person actually said, Monkery says, though less often now that our young kids are devouring all our free time. Yes, I would agree with that 100%. Love the interplay of Claire and Nick Mason's goat puppet as they frequently convince me not uh, me to waste more of my very limited free <laughs> 
time. We were talking yesterday. We were sitting together and we were like chatting and we we're like, we should do this more. We should hang out more. <laughs> yeah. Which is ridiculous because like we live together. But it's like, we should do more stuff together, <laughs> don't you reckon? Who was I talking to? One of the dads in our community who's excellent. And he was saying to me how you guys clearly, like you don't really do anything together, do you? Because you're a show. you <laughs> like, what are you even doing watching? You don't even watch things together. Nah. I'm like, no, we really don't. We just, I don't know why. We're just constantly working. I miss being in our little flat where we used to just sit together on the couch and watch things together. That's that true. was before we could, we... we could stroll down and get a dinner and then be like, ooh, know, now let's stroll home or whatever. Going to the city. Those were the days. I haven't done anything in eight years. <laughs> that's not true. You went to the pub the other night. Well, that's true. Other I dads. did. Yeah, wow. Look Had at me. Had a lovely time. You were so impressed. You're like, look at you going and talking to people. It was, even the way you came to tell me, you were like, so I'm. And you tried no. to say it in this way that was like it wasn't a big deal, but you were like, so I'm just going to no, the pub with this. This is guys. absolute bullshit. <laughs> you nearly jumped out of your skin. You're like, what do you mean? And I'm like, I'm going out. And you're like, why? Where, what? <laughs> I'm like, I'm just going to the pub. Because you never go to the you never do that. And also and you're like, so you didn't excited. tell me. And I'm like, not like you can't go, but like, you didn't tell me this. I'm like, I did tell you. You were probably looking at your phone, Claire. I don't know why you thought it was a big deal. I do things all the time. Today, for example, I saw the movie Glass Onion by myself. (laughs) When you say you do things all the time, what you do is Nick Mason comes to our house and then you talk about movies and then you go to the movies usually on your own and very occasionally you will see one of your best friends for a beer or a walk but only if they're free and not very often. True. I go to the gym. (laughs) or And you go to the gym where they... Ask you things like, do you work? I got my gym mates. I got Steve. I got John. I got other people. <laughs> they, those, they might not be their names. The trainers that ask you why you're there. Yeah. At what are you doing here all the time? <laughs> anyway, what's your I know, email? I was, it was just really nice that you went. Anyway, it was great. All right. So I don't know if you remember last week, but we had some bog debates. Do you remember? We were talking about bogs and marshes. Bog baits. Bog baits. That's what it's called. Well, the wonderful Joseph Pickard has written in and in capital letters he says, I am a bog expert. (laughs) Thank God. God for Joseph. Finally. Hi, Claire and James. I was just catching up on the most recent episode of Suggestible. I missed it earlier this week because I spent all day working on a bog. What? And you requested bog experts get in touch. So here I am. I'm so excited for a bog expert. I didn't know you had a Me bog too. expert. My name's Joey. I'm a peatland restoration ecologist and researcher in South Wales. Oh, so he's re- he's restoring the bogs. Yeah, I know. And I spend my life protecting and restoring these amazing ecosystems. I do surveys, design restoration plans, do community outreach and spend a lot of time looking at moss, which is what forms these habitats. I love moss. I was I learned so much about moss from that book, The Signature of All Things by Elizabeth Gilbert. So fascinating. Anyway. I know a lot about moss too. I just choose to not say anything about it. <laughs> you don't know anything about moss. You're not a- Anyway, back to Joey, the bog expert. Claire was closest with her definition in your face over there, Jim I Bob. Didn't, I didn't. I good. But there's a level in between what she said. Who? Bogs are a type of peatland, which are a type of terrestrial wetland. Right. Yeah. So there are a few types of peatland in the UK where I work, which all need water to form, but bogs are fed exclusively by rain. Mm. There are also fens, which have water flowing in from the ground, and blanket mire, which is a mix. They cover 3% of the globe. That is so much. That's a lot. But store more more than twice as much carbon as all the forests in the world combined (sighs) in soil called peat. Which we discussed. We talked as about well, that too. Which grows in some cases one millimeter per year. So in some places, you're walking on meters and meters of soil, which means thousands and thousands of years of history. 
That's mm. fascinating to me. They're incredibly vulnerable and are easily damaged but also repairable. People drained them for crops and timber and used the peat for fuel, which is what you were talking about last week. I said that. Week. I yeah. was right. Which you burn like coal. To fix them, you need to stop the system losing water and get some of the lost species back in. It's often an ecosystem people don't know too much about, but I think they're amazing and everyone should visit one at least once in their life. Okay. I think they just sound so fascinating. My suggestible for everyone is, of course, peatlands, but I appreciate not everyone <laughs> loves moss as much as me, so I also have some others. James, if you like Children of Time, read the Uplift Trilogy by David Brin. A sprawling space epic with similar themes and ideas and the space station in the first chapter of Children of Time is called the Brin 2 after David Brin. Oh, okay. Mm. And Claire, I know you don't love sci-fi, but I think you'd like the Monk and Robot series by Becky Chambers. It's a really quite hopeful story about what people need to be happy. Set in the world. What's that? Monk and Robot? Yes, M-O-N-K and Robot. Um, about what people need to be happy, set in a world where people have learned from the mistakes from the past and live at one with the world. It just happens to have a robot in it. Oh, I love that. Oh, my goodness. Love the show. Thanks both. If you want to learn more about Bogs, the restoration project I work for is called Lost Peatlands and is on Twitter for now, uh. YouTube and Facebook, and I'm at Brioz in various places. Ta-ra. That's how we say goodbye here, Joey. Very good. I know. What a beautifully written email as well. And this person, I don't know if you know this, they knew a lot about bogs. Joey, he's a bog expert. He's our, he's the official bog expert of Suggestible Podcast. Oh, you know what? I'm going to have to take that title. That's my title. <laughs> the bog spurt. Yeah, I'm the bog spurt. <laughs> <laughs> I no, did no, it's see, good. Thank you. I did see on um, the Facebook group that someone had said, I... This is what I think a bog is, and it, they show a picture of a toilet because they're from Scotland and they call we call it a bog bogs. here as well. We do this we sometimes. Do. Yeah, yeah. Not the toilet, more like um, what you do, what goes into a toilet. Yeah, we don't. It's not really the toilet, is it? It's more the poop. Mm. We call yes. it a bog. I was talking to my yeah. dad about bogs the other day because we have our bog discussion. We had a bog discussion. Yeah, and, and you know, these people scushion. burn them, whatever. It's not good for the environment, whatever, and it ruins the lands or whatever. And he's like, "Nah, it's fine." And I'm like, that is your dad's that's response not to true literally though, everything. Is it? You just say- <laughs> <laughs> He's like, nah, it's fine. I'm like, climate change. He's like, nah, it's fine. <laughs> uh, I guess it is fine for him. Is you know, yeah, seventies. Absolutely. I, guess. I went to a um a burger place recently. Oh, uh, and in the area where my parents live, right? And there was my dad's a firefighter and has been for like a thousand years. And uh, there was a there was a donation thing, and there was a there was a, for the local fire brigade, and, and I looked at the picture, and who was on the picture, Claire? Was your dad? It was my dad? <laughs> and I wanted to be like, this is my dad on this picture. Oh, then so no cool. one would be would be like, we don't care. But anyway, I thought it was cool. Oh, was he fighting a fire? Was he in his special uniform? No, he had a gun, and he was holding a gun to another person. He was like, I'll kill this person. Jeez, that's yeah, was, I mean, that's I don't know why they put that, why they put that photo there. They could he's have put strange, a, yeah. just a volunteer firefighter. <laughs> <laughs> he's a little strange, but I could see it. I could yeah, see it. Yeah, you could see it, yeah. So that yeah. was fun. Speaking of, I tried to make conversation with our son today about what he's watching Ninja Turtles. Yep. Told me the villain, Tiger Claw, the new villain. He's so I was like, oh, great. Series, yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. Tell me about the Tiger Claw. I'm like, is he, well, why it makes him so cool? And he just went, he has lots of guns, mum. So many guns. <laughs> and I was like, what am I supposed to say? Why's it called Tiger Claw if he has so many guns? That's what I said. And he was like, and I'm like, tell me more about him. He was like, well, he was a kid and now he's a giant tiger with guns. I don't know why he's so big. Do you? <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> do you? No, you're telling the story. <laughs> anyway. 
That was just me connecting with my son. Absolutely. Actually, if anyone has any tips for writing in for how to connect with their son who's obsessed with comic books, movies, TV shows, video games, I should just ask you. Yeah, just ask me. <laughs> the I person I'm married to. Mm. Let me know. All right. That's it for All right, me. That's it. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you next Thank week. Thank you, everyone. We've been Chess for Podcast. Thank you to Royal Collins for editing this week's episode. Woo! Thank you to Maisie for doing our socials at social at Suggestible Pod. You can follow along. I'm at Claire20 on Instagram if you would like to follow along with some of my current exploits. And who are you? You're Mr. Sunday Movies. It's none of anyone's things. damn business who I am. Well, except for all the people that follow you and listen to what you do. Stay out of so... my business, everybody. <laughs> uh, thank, no, you, thank you, for everybody. Bye. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.